going on? Welcome to Base Liberty, episode 40. Darren Wisely here. As always, just a pleasure to be with you. It's Friday, December 25th, 2020, and I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. I hope you have the chance to spend some time with family, maybe relax a little bit. I know I haven't been very good at staying up to date on episodes, so I thought this would be my Christmas present to you. And I thought it'd be a great chance to get some content out there. You might be traveling, you might just have some downtime, give you something to listen to. And I hope you enjoyed last episode with Harvey. Actually, I've gotten a lot of feedback. Uh, everyone said they really enjoyed it. So that was cool. I enjoyed it a lot because uh, I learned a lot from Harvey as well. He's obviously a really smart guy, great guy. But, um, you know, Bitcoin and crypto and blockchain technology, those are things I'm not uh, real knowledgeable on. So that was a learning experience to me. Now, I'm more familiar with the traditional economics of money, central banking, gold standard, Austrian business cycle, things like that. But this was a chance for me to learn some things as well. So interview format isn't really the traditional style of this show, as many of you know, um, because I kind of just do this myself and it gives me a little bit of a niche because most shows are interview format but I'm not against bringing people on I'm sure I'll have Harvey back on if there's any guests or topics you know you can always shoot me an email I'm happy to hear suggestions because I want to get you guys content you like that's why you should be subscribed to the show I know I've been kind of erratic with when I'm dropping episodes I might go a week or two without so if you're subscribed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify wherever you get your podcasts we're out all over the place at this point you can know when I'm dropping new episodes of course following my social media is a way to keep in touch because I'm staying active on there my Twitter my Facebook you can find all that stuff on baseliberty.com and we got the store up as I've mentioned before we've got quite a few designs so there's a few different things if you want shirts sweatshirts clocks stickers skins for your laptop or tablet we got a ton of different cool stuff and you can check that out as well. So today I want to talk about the election. Uh, it's been a crazy last couple months, and I've been wanting to share my thoughts on these things going on, but think the parts have been moving so fast. Uh, it's a lot to keep up on, and of course I've been real busy, so I haven't had the chance to do so. But now uh, I said, you know what, i got to just get out here and do it because I'm sure... Uh, early next month we're going to have some more developments so I want to kind of get caught up with where we're at as of right now and I wanted to start off talking about the Texas lawsuit I'm sure you're familiar that the Supreme Court didn't hear a case that Texas filed challenging the election results of a lot of these swing states where there were widespread allegations of voter fraud and I saw this political post, and this was by one of my former law school colleagues. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's in the D.C. area. He's a smart guy, uh, but he was praising the Supreme Court for not hearing the case. And I'm going to get into that aspect of it in a second, them not hearing it. But he was basically praising the Supreme Court, saying, uh, Justice is served. They showed they're not political pawns. Uh, saving our democracy. And this stuff just makes me want to gag. I mean, these beltway types, these establishment types, especially people in academia or with higher ed degrees, they like to pretend the Supreme Court is this 
mystical group of people that are above politics and are just always have this clear vision and always uphold the law and do what's right. And that's just ridiculous. And anyone with common sense knows this. Look at any controversial Supreme Court decision. It's always divided on ideological grounds. And I'm not just pointing to liberals or conservatives. It's on both sides of the aisle. So, but to sit here and pretend that they aren't clouded by politics is ridiculous. Because every human being uh, has political views, has biases. But they love to just see this, the judicial this branch of government that is so pure. And, and that couldn't be farther from the truth. Uh, but this illusion just is super annoying to me. But I went to look through his comments, and of course it was a, much, a bunch more presumably Beltway types saying, and this individual said, people don't genuinely believe in fraud. It's just a ploy by the Republicans. And the, Trump did dupe some of the common people. Yeah, that's right, he referred to them as common people. And this is just so arrogant um, and shows how out of touch these people are. And I will get into that in a second, but going back real quick to this lawsuit. Now, you're going to say, well, why, why should the Supreme Court have heard it? I'm not arguing the Supreme Court should have heard this case. You see, I've said before this came out that Texas didn't have standing, as well as these other states that joined in, they didn't have standing to sue because we have a federalist system. Our Constitution is set up that each state governs its own election. So if there's fraud in Pennsylvania, or Pennsylvania violated their own election law, that's their problem to resolve. But it's not the problem of Texas to solve. So because we're in a federalist system, these states have no standing to challenge another state's election. That's why I agree the Supreme Court shouldn't have heard it. Not because there was an election fraud, or at least there weren't serious allegations of election fraud, but because there wasn't standing to sue. That's the difference. That's a very important distinction. But too many people like federalism when it's convenient, and then throw it aside when... It doesn't go along with an outcome they like. But that's the problem. Either you believe in the Constitution, you follow federalism, or you don't. But if you do, and you say you do, you got to do it in this case, which is why Texas doesn't have the standing to sue. But I want to get back into the attitude these kind of posts show in all the mainstream media, CNN, these kind of pundits. They're totally gaslighting. And they're so out of touch with what's actually going on the ground. And here's the thing. If you're honest and you look at this stuff and you say, you know what, I agree, there's some real irregularities, there's definitely some fraud. Fraud occurs in every election, maybe it was a little more this year. But I still think Joe Biden, even amid the fraud, would have won anyways. Okay, I'll hear you out on that. But to sit here and pretend this didn't happen, especially when the left the last four years has been crying, Russia, Russia, Russia. I mean, it's just so dishonest. And that's what I can't stand is the intellectual dishonesty and the blatant gaslighting. And then these Beltway types who are so out of touch. So what am I talking about? 
you have these vote dumps. So Trump was winning big in a lot of these swing, swing states at midnight. A lot of people went to bed. Well, over this five-hour period, there were dumps in Michigan, Wisconsin, Georgia, Pennsylvania. In Michigan, there was 170,000 votes. About 99% were all Biden. Wisconsin, 140,000. Same thing. Georgia, Pennsylvania. So all of these states within a five-hour period suddenly have hundred over 100,000 votes and 99% of them are for Biden. I mean, come on. If you're honest, I know I sound like Biden there. Come on, man. But if you're honest, you gotta admit something is off with that. You can challenge if they're all fraudulent, if what, you know, you can argue the semantics and you can argue, well, it wouldn't have changed the outcome. I mean, that's a tough argument to make, but you can say that. But to just outright dismiss it, uh, it, it is completely dishonest. And, and that's the problem I have with all of this. In Georgia, you have on camera suitcase of ballots being brought in. In the middle of the night, when the water main broke, which didn't actually happen, come to find out. Again, you can't deny this stuff. Wisconsin, you have large-scale large accounts of dead people voting. And, and that happens all across the country. It happened in Michigan, my home state. Uh, but it was real big there in Wisconsin, Arizona. You have votes being discarded. Again, stuff like that happened here in Michigan. Now, here's another interesting fact. Mail-in votes were the highest ever, and again, this was all under the pretense of COVID-19. Whether you believe that was a legitimate reason or not is besides the point. What I'm getting at is mail-in votes ballots were the highest ever, but rejection rate for ballots not meeting the criterion were the lowest ever. I mean, that doesn't make sense. Just by playing the numbers, if you have more ballots going out, more are going to get rejected due to some type of error, going to the wrong person, not being able to verify the identity, maybe uh, just filling it out incorrectly. So there's another irregularity. And again, so many of these states, they don't verify citizenship, identity, eligibility. I mean, think about what you have to do to purchase a firearm, which supposedly is a constitutionally protected right. But to vote, I mean, anyone can do it. You just say who you are and here you go. There's a legitimate reason, of course, to have absentee ballots. Elderly people, sick people, of course, military overseas, and college students when they're out of state for class or, or people for their employment. But you should have to verify this in some way. Maybe an, I think a notary would be a great way. Take it to a notary, get it notarized. That's who you are, bam. There's ways to easily verify even mail-in voting, but states aren't even trying to verify who's who. I mean, Joe Biden had 11 million more votes than Obama did in 2008. Obama in 08 was a big deal. People were fired up for him. They believed in this change. Of course, he turned out to be just another Democratic establishment hack, but they really thought he was going to be something different. That's why so many people showed up for him in 08. No one's that fired up about Biden. And you're telling me there's 11 more million people voting for Biden than Obama? I don't buy it. Another interesting fact about this is actually, this was the largest share of non-white voters voting Republican in over 60 years. Um, 
and again, this is something the media is not talking about because they don't want to admit the Republican Party is supported by the working class. The Democratic Party is more and more only catering to, you know, suburban white women, academics, woke social justice warriors, millennials, and Generation Z who want free college, but they're becoming more fringe. The GOP has become much more for the blue-collar, the working-class American. So all these facts, not one of them individually is, oh, this is conclusive, but when you take them all together, you can't deny the totality of the circumstances. Uh, there's definitely fraud. How orchestrated, how put together it is, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not alleging that there was just this one plot that every state at the exact same time came in with their briefcases, with these uh, fraudulent ballots. I'm not saying that. I don't know how uh, conspiratorial this is, how independent certain state actors were. But if you're honest, you got to say, okay, something's off here. Dominion voting, that was another example. Again, in Michigan, in one county alone, 6,000 votes are switched from Trump to Biden. I mean, when you have a software that switches votes from one to another, you've got to say, hello, something's off. Why is this even a function of the software? Texas doesn't allow Dominion voting software because of the problems with it. And in Michigan, the problem is we had a bunch of counties that used Dominion voting software. All but five used Dominion or another similar one. Now, my county, Hillsdale County, talked to our clerk. She told us we don't use that. We use a more uh, traditional style. So she told us we can rest assured our votes were counted properly. But that there's, it's known that Dominion software uh, has this function and is, uh, is a big problem. And another thing, and I'm talking Michigan a lot just because that's where most of my knowledge lies in, in terms of more of the details, uh, but Dana Nessel, who is just the worst, she is so arrogant. She sent out ballot applications to pretty much everyone in our state, whether you ask for it or not, which is clearly a violation of state law. Of course, there's no recourse on her for that. I mean, if that's not an issue enough... I mean, I have a friend who lives in an apartment by herself. She got five different applications sent to her from people who she said must have lived there before her or what have you. But five ballots going to one person? I mean, if she was dishonest, she could have just filled them all out and sent them back. Think how many people in Michigan got multiple ballots or ballots for people that didn't even live there. Now, some people probably just threw them in the trash. Others? Who knows? Who knows? But you're leaving the door wide open for fraud. Again, to sit here and deny everything I've just said is either you just don't want to believe it because it goes against what you want to believe or you're just dishonest. I mean, Dan and Nessel is threatening to prosecute whistleblowers. I mean, how Orwellian is that? You come out and talk about how, and I've talked about this briefly in a previous episode, uh, Republicans who were counting the votes, challenging them, uh, were kicked out in Detroit 
Windows boarded up. Someone wants to blow the whistle. Oh, now they're threatened with prosecution. That'll stop you from coming forward. And again, that's just, it's just the arrogance of these people who don't live in these swing states, who live in their little bubbles in a place like D.C., these coastal elite types. They don't know what's going on on the ground in real America. So they just want to pretend, you see. They want to pretend it's like it is in their textbook, where everyone abides by the Constitution, the the judiciary is... Uh, this almost godlike branch of government that can do no wrong. I mean, it's ridiculous. It totally ignores the facts, the way things are in real life. And, you know, I'll criticize, too, the Republicans who say this is the first time we've had widespread fraud like this in American history. I mean, that's just not true. We have a history of election fraud. And maybe it hasn't been this orchestrated before and, and with this type of technology, but 1876 comes right to mind. The Republicans actually stole the election from the Democrats, the presidential election. And there were a couple others in that time period, I can't remember right off the top of my head, in that, in that late 19th century, maybe early 20th century, Republicans stole a couple elections from Democrats. And then in 1960, of course, Kennedy stole the election uh, from Nixon. So you have... Elections being stolen before, so this isn't crazy. And again, the Democrats last four years said that somehow Russia stole the election, which is, you know, a little ridiculous. But then to turn around and say, oh, there could never be election fraud, when not only did you just whine about it the last four years, but there is historical precedent. If you've ever, you know, studied an actual book, uh, you would know that. And, and it's just the nature of politics. It's a blood sport. People are going to do what they can do to get ahead. Uh, it's unfortunate, but it's the reality of it. And how do you solve this? Well, you one, you can't get rid of the Electoral College. You see, Electoral College, even when we have you know widespread fraud, can at least serve as somewhat of a check to this. If you have a national popular vote or abolish the electoral colleges, you know, idiots like AOC and, and them want to do, then you could have one, you know, one big city in California or say New York City come in with all kinds of fraudulent uh, ballots and change the election for all 360 million Americans in all 50 states. But at least with the electoral college, say there's really you know, widespread fraud in Pennsylvania, that's only going to affect those electors. That's why you can't get rid of this stuff. And that's also, going back to the Texas thing, I forgot to mention this, is if in four years a Republican was about to win an election for president, the Republicans wouldn't want, you know, New York and California to challenge it. So that's why you can't have states suing other states for their election results, because then every election is just going to turn into lawsuits and the court sorting it out. But also, if you don't give so much power to the federal government, this doesn't become as big of an issue either. I mean, who's the president shouldn't really matter as much as it does. I mean, we treat the president as a king, as an elected monarch, you know, people talk about America, oh, so free, blah, blah, blah. Well, look at the glory 
the president is given and the federal government in general. I mean, the founding generation, they didn't even want that office. They, the real meat and potatoes to them was in their state governments, in their state legislatures. Serving in the federal government was seen as kind of a reluctant duty, but not definitely not someone something someone did the whole rest of their life. I mean, it's too bad we probably can't ever go back to that unless, you know, we start secession, things like that. But we really need to decentralize because then if, you know, the radical left in California wants to have their socialist utopia, they can do that. But just don't impose it on, you know, folks in Alabama or folks in Texas. A free society allows people to self-government the way they want. Not to have someone else's agenda forced down your throat. So that's something to think about. You want these elections to be not so hot? Decentralization is the key. Less government's the key. But again, the, the dishonesty, the media, the left, the political establishment... And speaking of that, in Michigan, the the Republicans are so spineless here. I mean, you have Mike Shirky. Uh, he's a Senate Majority Leader in Michigan, if you're not from Michigan. He's a Republican. Uh, he's actually my state senator. Thank God he's about to be termed out here in two years. But he issued a statement saying, oh, Biden won. You know, I'm paraphrasing, obviously. But Biden won. Too bad. You know, it's over. I mean, what a rhino this guy is. This is the guy that signed on to the National Popular Vote Initiative. He profited off the lockdowns, making masks. He didn't want to impeach the governor. Uh, the, the list goes on. I mean, this guy is a total fraud. And Oh, yeah, and he also criticized people for exercising their God-given right to self-defense calling them jackasses. I mean, here's a guy who talks out both sides of his mouth. Uh, when he's on a more liberal network, make disparaging remarks about people with guns. But then when he's in a, a hardcore conservative base, he'll have his Bible and his gun and his constitution. So he talks out both sides of his mouth. I guarantee you he's going to be running for governor in two years. I can't wait to see him begging on his knees for our support because I tell you what, he's not going to get it in our neck of the woods. I can promise you that. The right knows what this guy's up to. He's a total fraud. Lee Chatfield, Republican Speaker of the House, same thing. And again, Republicans have control of both chambers and have done nothing about these lockdowns. And I don't want to go on to a totally different tangent in this episode but it just shows you how they don't stand for anything it's disgusting chatfield said i can't fathom risking our norms traditions and institutions see this goes back to the whole theme of the show the institution and the quote norms are more important than integrity and finding out the truth Maybe the truth is Biden still wins. Okay, find it out. But you're too worried about this glorified political class that we have to treat like this aristocracy, which they're not. They're not a natural aristocracy. They're funded by plutocrats. 
They get power by duping the public, by stealing from A to give to B, by propping up their friends with their political power, supporting crony capitalism, socialist programs. Talk a good game when it's time for re-election, but uh, when they're in office and when the rubber hits the road, that's when you find out the true colors of these individuals. Mike Cherky and Lee Chatfield. Uh, I hope neither one wins another election as long as they live. And I hope more people know the truth about the rhinos, the frauds that these two are. I mean, at least the Democrat, I may disagree with ideologically, but if they're at least honest with me, I'm going to have more respect than someone who claims to be one thing and is actually a wolf in sheep's clothing. So where do we go from here? Well, January 6th is going to be the big day, I think, when all this is going to play out. I mean, right now, uh, if you're a Trump supporter, I don't think things are looking great for him, but supposedly he's still got his lawyers and they're working on stuff. I mean, I, I don't know um, what all's going on there, so that's something to stay tuned, stay tuned on. But all it takes is one uh, representative... Of the one House representative, one senator to challenge this election, and then they actually will vote on it. So that could happen. Uh, you've had Representative Mo Brooks from Alabama, Representative elect Taylor Green, uh, Representative elect Barry Moore from Alabama, all Republicans, of course, talk of, and then also Senator Rand Paul. Uh, so there you have representatives and senators talking about challenging this election so if that happens uh it could get real interesting and that's the kind of drama i'm here for uh how will it play out i i have no idea this kind of thing hasn't happened in probably over 100 years i i could be wrong on that but it'll be interesting for sure so stay tuned on that and who knows what could happen in the next couple weeks so uh, that's the way this thing's been. It seems like something new every other day. But I just wanted to get my thoughts. And again, uh, whatever you think about the rightful winner of this election, I just think the facts I've I've displayed shows that there is fraud. How widespread? I mean, you do your own research, but you can't deny just some of these basic and obvious facts. I mean, when it's caught on camera, when you have whistleblowers signing sworn affidavits, and when things are all changing, you know, 99% to 1 in the middle of the night. So, that's that. But again, the answer, of course, is decentralization, uh, relying less on the federal government and local self-government. That's why I'm saying get involved in your community. That's what I'm doing. And you want to make real changes, you can do that at the local level. That's what's so cool about it. And that's what real self-government is. So, hey, hope you enjoyed this episode. Hope you enjoy your Christmas. Don't know if I'll get another one out by the New Year's. If I don't, Happy New Year. Take care. We'll see you